Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, each week, we want to have experts on that help you to live a better life, have insights, have strategies, have secrets to be able to realize your potential. Today is no exception. Actually, interesting how I got into this business of interviewing others. This person, our guest today, is responsible because he retired from his role and then I was hired to do an audio magazine where this guest was the core interviewer for many, many years. So everybody here listening to Secrets of Success, uh, welcome my guest, Andrew Barber Startsky. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Ken. (laughs) Well, Andrew, it's been a long journey. We've known each other for probably uh, over 15 years now, something in that area. And as I do with just about every show, you are an expert in the coaching field, helping individuals to realize their potential. Uh, you were doing some work with Harvecker, uh, you know, with Peak Potentials, and we'll get into that in a minute. But where did Andrew come from? Let's just go into your journey. Uh, where, where did you sort of progress to get into this field of helping others to realize their potential? Oh, boy. Well, we have, we have to go way back because there is a story, I guess, as there is with everybody. But, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in Victoria, B.C., and, and as a, um, I've got to say that throughout my school years, I was like the 95-pound weakling you used to see in the, in the advertisements getting beaten up. And, I mean, I was just a nobody. And, and from that, you know, I worked at McDonald's, and, you know, I thought that was a career. And somehow I ended up at, um, at BCIT studying hotel management. And that was when I actually discovered I was smart. And it, it just completely changed everything for me. And since that time, I realized I had potential. I've been climbing and working and, and learning, which is one of my favorite things, you know, up a ladder. But really, I started right at the very bottom. Um, after BCIT, you know, I, I did the obligatory year in Europe, um, hitchhiking around. And then I came back and I got fell in love with the sport of hang gliding and Ken, you know a little bit about this story, but um, I spent seven years hang gliding full-time, and I didn't actually... Wow. I, mean, I, I have to admit, Andrew, I've never had a hang glider on the show before, so you're a first. Well, it, um, I'm, I'm alive, too, which is not like all of them, um, but I just became completely obsessed with the sport of hang gliding, and I spent the next seven years hang gliding full-time, so... I've been to over 19,000 feet on a hang glider. So from 19,000 feet, Ken, you can see the curve of the earth. Um, and where did you do that? That, that was uh, down in California in um, uh, the Owens Valley area. We, uh, we, we used to, um, I used to compete. I was actually the number one competition hang glider pilot in Canada, number one ranked. Um, and uh, I lived in Invermere, B.C., which is along the side of the Rocky Mountains, and I actually was the first person ever to fly a hang glider from one side of the Rocky Mountains to the other. I launched in Invermere 
on a beautiful afternoon in 1985, and three and a half hours later, I landed in Lake Louise, Alberta, which had was on the it's on the other side of the Rockies. So, so that was something, and all you know that's that's part of the story, Ken, because along the way, I went from being having no confidence and no self-esteem at all to being a really recognized pilot and and you know having some achievements, and that just woke me up. Where did where did do and uh, congratulations on that. And I, I'm sorry, I forgot that story. But where did you get this passion for hang gliding? Where did that come from? Well, I think I think honestly, part of it was from a place of insecurity, wanting to prove something to somebody. And there's also been a part of me that's very challenge oriented, and some of your entrepreneurs will relate to this. It's just I love knowing that I can pull it off. And the one thing about hang gliding is it's very unforgiving of errors in judgment. And so it really was that every single time you're in the air, there's that, you know, if I make one little mistake, it could be the end. And so there's mm. just something, it's just an adrenaline rush from that. And this quest and success where you went from one side to the other, did you just find um, what they call uplift drafts or whatever the technical name is to be able to go over top of these 20,000 plus foot mountains? Yeah, they're, they're, they're called thermals, and um, basically they come off the they, they are air that gets heated on the ground and then lifts up, and as it's rising up, it's just like if you had a little paper airplane. A uh, hang glider is like a paper airplane in that it's just going down, down, down all the time unless there's an updraft, right? So you throw your, throw your paper airplane, it goes across the heat vent. Now imagine it circled in that heat vent, and it would just climb up with the heat. So that's exactly how we did it. And then you'd dive down to the next um, place where there, you sense there's a source of lift and, and so on. What was crazy about this flight is there was no road. So I was, nobody knew where I was, and I was in the middle of absolutely nowhere at about 14,000 feet. And anyway, it was, it was a crazy, insane moment. But it was also one of those things that I just, again, it, it was a proving moment of, going to the edge and proving I could do it, which I'm not even sure is you know, sort of psychologically very functional, but that was, that was how I got ahead in my life um, and moved forward. So after, after finishing with hand gliding, I went to sales, worked with Xerox, and you know, it wasn't until 1991 when I was 40 years old that I started thinking, oh, hold on a second. You know, I, I, I don't want to do this corporate Thing. I, I'm not a corporate person. I'm more holistic. How can I help people? And can I spent two years flopping around, unable to find a job in the corporate realm that I really felt resonated with me, that I could align with and commit to, and not sure what to do. And that, that was actually when I met a friend of mine, and she said, Andrew, you need to know your life purpose, and then you'll, then you'll be more clear. And so I did a process with her, and in my life purpose, I have it sitting right on the wall here. Um, it says here, my purpose is to create experiences for others which offer them the opportunity to discover and empower themselves. And I went, wow. <laughs> and my friend said, okay, well, how are you going to do that? And then I went into a whole other quandary of, okay, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. Mm. And so I, I flailed around in that for a while and um, came up through a... Uh, some serendipitous events. Within a couple of weeks, I, I came up with this idea of being a business and personal coach, helping people get empowered. And back then, this, we're talking about 1993, there was no such thing as the Internet. I was, I was phoning sales teams 
uh, companies that had sales teams and offering to coach their their salespeople, it, just cold calling that was, and and networking. That was the only way to develop clients. So it was a long journey up. So, <laughs> Andrew, uh, unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember those days when I was in <laughs> business too, before there was online, before there was email, and all these different items. So that's that's wild. So for those of you that are younger, sorry, uh, we, we worked a little harder on business development back then. It was a, it was just a slow process, and uh, of course. Uh, very, very good for developing character uh, and and skills for sure. So I, I um, built my practice slowly but surely, and then I was uh, fortunate. I got some really great clients. Um, some of those, certainly those that live on the West Coast and in Vancouver and Canada, they'll um, recognize the Cactus Restaurant chain, and you'll recognize that, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine referred me to the the president of Cactus Restaurants. But at the time, they had four restaurants, five restaurants, and I coached him for a couple of years. Oh, it was it was so much fun, and he was just so good at at moving ahead in his business. So then, that was when I really got my confidence. And then I started. I actually took a course from Harv Eker, and somehow I don't even know what came over me. Ken, I walked up to him at, at the end of one of his courses and said. Harv, you need a coach. And he honestly, he looked at me and said, who the hell are you? <laughs> and, that was and I could see Harv saying that to you. <laughs> that was the start of our relationship, and I became his coach. And he said, wow, this coaching is really amazing. And, uh, you know, we need, we, I've got, and he was really building a little, when I started coaching him, he had one person working with him out of his basement of his house. And that was his business. And he had this vision for a massive business. And, you know, as, as it started to grow, he said, Andrew, coaching's fantastic. I want all these people that are coming to my courses to have access to coaching. Can you create some kind of system or structure that would help them move ahead? And, of course, what do you say when somebody asks you that? I said, sure. At which point, I, then I went, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, so I, so I went and I created a, designed a system of structure that would help self-employed entrepreneurs, you know, get some clarity around their goals and then follow through and take actions. It was called Success Tracks. We launched it um, in this time last year, this time in May of 2000. It would be 17 years old, and I've been continuing to use that system ever since. So Harv and I did it together for four years. We grew. We had 2,000 people using the system, and I was leading seminars of. Um, you know, two, three hundred people. I was going to Los Angeles, Seattle, Vancouver, uh, into Alberta, leading the seminars every quarter, and it was just too much. So I then went, "Oh, I'm going to go out on my own." And I think you can relate to this, Ken. I'm not the the great entrepreneur. I'm not the great marketer. And like you, I you know, I've got a fantastic product, but. You know, if only the world would find it, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, and, and that would be true to everybody that. listening to this who has a product who wants everybody to know about it as well. Well, but you, I know, I know your work, and I know how it just incredibly good it is, and yet, you know, there's other organizations that have, you know, the DISC and so on, these other, service, uh, other processes that are not nearly as good as yours that are out there. And so I've basically, basically built my practice on my own as a, a struggling, I, I would even say from a Robert Kiyosaki point of view, I'm a self-employed rather an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, we've been successful and I've continued on. So we've been doing the program now for 17 years. And um, over 
6,000 people have used the program. The results are remarkable uh, for, for self-employed entrepreneurs or anybody who's self-managing who wants to get ahead and knows that they have more potential than they're getting. So that's been, that's been really fun, and that's what I've been doing for the last 17 years. Well, thank you, Andrew. And we're going to get into your system here in a moment. Now, we met because uh, I can't even remember what year uh, we came to Harv's events, but I think it was around 2002, 2001, somewhere in there. And uh, I still remember we had a nice lunch in North Vancouver, Canada, just to kind of get to know you. And then we were part of, my wife and I were part of Success Tracks for, I think, a couple of years. Yep. And then you wanted to uh, retire from being the audio host and interviewer for Harv's Audio Magazine. And that's when the opportunity came where I was interviewing all of Harv's sort of guests on his behalf. And I think that was 2002, 3, and 4. I don't even remember what years that uh, was happening. And then um, after working under Harv, you went and went on to your own, didn't you? Yeah, I started my own. You know, the, the program was great. The, the structure that we'd created at Success Tracks was fantastic. But, you know, Harv, was, he was, I mean, he was just growing so fast. And I was just getting tired of, you know, I'm in Los Angeles and I'm in Seattle. And that's not me. I'm a personal coach. I work, I work one-on-one with people to help them transform. And I'm not, I'm not a speaker. I mean, I've been in the front of many a room, but I'm just, that's not me. And so I started to suffer a little bit from the traveling and my family was missing me. And your Harv's organization, as most entrepreneurial organizations are, but his was maybe even worse than most, it was just completely dysfunctional and out of control and there was, you know there was chaos everywhere. I just couldn't stand it. So you know I, I said to Harv, um, I think we should go our separate ways. And uh, the good news was, and a huge lesson here actually, Ken, for your entrepreneurs. So when Harv and I first met, and he asked me to design the system, um, you know he wanted me to, to create a program and then basically. Um, do it for him. So he wanted me to be an employee, and I said, no way, I'm not going to create a system for you. Uh, we're going to have to own this. You know, I, I want to have ownership. So uh, ultimately we came into the agreement that we would be partners, and we created a, a little company that designed this program together and then sold it to his company, Peak Potential. And uh, so that was, that was useful and, and, and good. And we worked on the program together, although, to be honest, 90% of the creation came from me some great ideas came from him um and then he and i said you know what harp we need to have this in writing this agreement this partnership uh, even before we launched the program i i just didn't feel comfortable going ahead with you know handshake and oh you will pay you this and so on over time and so you know he said oh no we don't need that we'll just do a handshake and i said no no we have to have it and he says okay well you write something up and uh, so I did. I wrote up the terms of our agreement. And one of the things I put in there is that any intellectual property we created together would be jointly owned. And either one of us, when we, if we went our separate ways, would be able to use it. And I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it was a, a moment of good fortune, Ken, because I had no idea what a great program we were going to create at the time uh, and how big it would become. And if, if we'd gone the way Harv originally wanted, you know, he would have ended up owning the intellectual property. Even if we hadn't put it in writing, it could have been a big fight with a corporation that had a lot more money than me to, to hold on to it. And the fact that I, I created this agreement in advance of the money coming, in advance of the success, and got it signed by him was the only reason that I'm able to do what I do today and still use the system. 
And so for anybody who's in any kind of partnership, a huge lesson is once the money comes, everything changes. Get the agreement in writing before, you, before the money comes. <clears throat> and that applies to any kind of uh, arrangement in life, doesn't it, Andrew? Because so many of us have said, okay, we have this intent or these intentions, and then stuff happens, and you really don't know the value set underneath everybody when, when all, this, all the leaves are cleared from under the tree, do we? Well, you know, when you put things under pressure, then the leak, things start to leak out, right? Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's like having your car. You can drive your car on the, the street every day, and it'd be, it's just perfectly fine, 100% reliable. You take it on the track for half an hour, it's going to start to fall apart. So as the, as the pressure of a, a, a growing business starts to increase, things get tested, and people get tested, and you start to re- see what's underneath. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, it was, a, it was a big lesson for me and, a, and a very good fortune for me that we got that. So then when I did say, I don't want to fly around anymore, this is too much, um, I'm going to go on my own, um, he was stunned because he wasn't paying really much attention. He, that I was going to then continue to deliver the program that I'd created on my own, and he was, he was horrified at first, and then he realized we had this agreement. Well, good for you. And that's really advice when I think about or just encouraging the listeners is just anticipate structure, relationships, partnerships, um, intentions in advance. Because a lot of times feelings are hurt, um, people are misunderstood. I mean, uh, agreement is only good as the, I'll call it the, the intent of the parties. But still, if it's not in writing, really in essence, it doesn't exist. So, Andrew, you, you, you created this system. I, don't, I want to transition now into what is, you know, really what are some of the issues that people are facing and then also uh, your unique solutions to helping people to realize their potential and their purpose. So, first of all, when you think about, Andrew, all the people that you have worked with individually, and there are a lot of sharp, very, very successful individuals. You mentioned Cactus Club, which is very successful restaurant chain here on the West Coast. Um, when you think and try and bring it together, what are some of the core barriers, core things that are hindering people's success in life? What, what are you coming across on a regular basis? What are some of these things? Well, first of all, I, I, there's, there's so many different kinds of people in the world. And I've worked with these super entrepreneurs, and they're, they're a different a person on their own, and, you know, in, in, including Harv and, and Richard from Cactus and a few others. Um, and then there's the, those of us that are more you know, entrepreneurial-driven or even just self-employed people. And many I know of your audience will be that. They're just wanting to get ahead in their business. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk very quickly about my most successful clients. And you can see in some ways how you're not one or how you are one and, you, and, and, and what you need to do. So the clients I've worked with, there's probably been six clients that I've worked with over the years one-on-one as an executive coach who really made like, well, millions and tens of millions and, you know, just massive, massive success. So what did they all have in common? Number one, they all had a very, very big, powerful vision. And, you know, most of us don't. I mean, I don't have a big vision that's beyond myself. I see, I think of my life and what I want to create in my life. That's not a big vision. Richard Jaffrey at Cactus, he had a vision 
even when he had only four restaurants, that he wanted to be a major player in, in the most difficult, challenging uh, uh, culinary markets in the world, Chicago and Dallas. That was, that was his vision back then, and it's still his vision today, and now they've spread right across Canada, and they're moving into the United States. But that vision was massive. Harvecker, he was absolutely clear. He wanted to be as big as Robert Kiyosaki. <clears throat> that was his motivation, and, and, Jack, and uh, um, Jack Canfield. Those were his, mm-hmm. his, his, his people, Mark Victor Hansen. He was looking to them and saying, that's what I'm creating. He never saw himself having a small business. He always wanted to do millions and millions. And so there's that massive vision. So that's the first thing. And again, most of us don't have that. It's not a bad thing. Just, you know, because, of course, as you know, Ken, the key to success is to be true to yourself. But if you don't have that massive vision, then you're not going to probably make the multi-million dollars and you're going to save yourself a few divorces and lots of effort along the way. So that's well, well, I mean, that is, uh, you said something several minutes ago, and I just want to circle around to that and not miss it is you said the corporate world was not for me because it wasn't holistic. What did you mean by that? Well, I learned... I'll I'll tell you a lesson I learned with Cactus Restaurants that will maybe explain it. Um, So I was coaching Richard. We were doing really well. The business was expanding. There was all sorts of, you know, great uh, forward movement. And he said to me, Andrew, I'd like you to work with my... Um, my executive team, so some of my, the, the managers of my restaurants and the, and the assistant managers of the restaurants, and um, you know, create a program that would help them get ahead. Can you do that? And I said, of course I can. So you know, I, I sat down, created a little program, some curriculum, and again, I'm about empowering the individual. So I wanted people to grow and expand, um, to, to have good quality of life, more time off, you know, uh, build their their income and, and so on. So I showed him the program and he looked at it and he said, wow, this is a really great program, but can you take out the part about them getting more time off and making more money? And that was the moment the penny dropped for me, Ken. I am not a business coach. I'm actually, um, I, I have a dislike of corporations because corporations are primarily all about making the money. That's mm-hmm. their whole, when, they, when they're public, especially they've got shareholders, that's all it's about. Right, and and I'm about empowering the individual. It was a big moment for me to say I I only work with individuals, whether they be leaders like Richard or self-employed entrepreneurs, which is the ones that are in the system um, that 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 I designed and, and primarily using my coaching program. So anyway, so the 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 big entrepreneurs, huge vision. They're super ambitious, like they're so driven. You can't they they you know they'll go forever. A quality, by the way, which I also have without the vision. Mm-hmm. And the, the third thing they, is that they're in the right business opportunity at the right time. And I listened to an interview of you recently, a fellow who lives in Singapore. Um, mm-hmm. Adam. Right, and Adam. And, and he, he was talking about timing. And it, it's so true. If you're not in the right place at the right time, then in the right business, then you know, you're not going to hit that home run. You could do well but you're not going to hit the home run. And then the fourth per- quality they all have is that they were the right person. They, they had never gone there before. Harvard never built something that big before, but he had what it took. And so I was able to work with them and keep them on track. Richard, he, hadn't, he had this vision, but he hadn't done it before. And so he's continued to grow up. And, and these people have all surpassed me by far because they were the right person. 
So that's the that's the super entrepreneur, Ken. But I want to talk about your solopreneurs or uh, smaller entrepreneurs, the, the rest of us, which is only, you know, I'd say probably a quarter of one percent are those super super. Well, I want to go back to and just okay. I want to I want to affirm what you were saying is that I mean at CRG and myself personally is we believe in the holistic yes. model. And you know what? If you build a business that's worth millions and you lose your family, you lose your health. Who gives a flying rip? And uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying as far as the uh, you know shareholders. But there, you know, there's more and more research that the more that um, people really enjoy a balanced life, and you know, balance could be subjective, the more productive they are. So or engaged they are. So this idea that oh, okay, if I only focus there, I, I want to ask you the question: Did you pull out? the time off and the money for self out of that program, or did you keep it in there for Cactus? I told him that I didn't want to create the program. I said, I, said, I don't think I'm the guy to, you know, that we basically um, pulled the program. So you were staying true to yourself and what you believed and, you're, and, and staying congruent, because really, in reality, Andrew, you probably wouldn't have wanted to teach it if it wasn't holistic. No, and it could have been very profitable. It was one of those awkward moments where I had to make a decision between what felt right to me and an opportunity that would ultimately then, just based on my experience of already working for Xerox and so on, knowing that it would end up being feeling hollow. Uh, once the excitement and the juice had gone, and then, you know, what's crazy about doing that is that if you do sell yourself out, even though you can make some money temporarily, in the end, it gets harder and harder. You burn yourself out. You start to pay the price of doing things that are contrary to your values, which usually it, it seems to increase. Like the, it's like the, the ante keeps going up and up, and you do more and more things that are out of alignment for you in, in a bigger and bigger way, and, and then... You know, I mean, some people have to have that experience before they come back. I had already done enough personal development, and uh, you know, been through my 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 time of really looking at what I wanted to do, and I I just knew I had to be true to myself. Well, good for you, Andrew, and thank you for that. So, sorry, I just didn't want to miss that. So, let's circle back around to your comment. Okay, what about you know the the individual who doesn't want to have their vision's not there, and I, I want to kind of support you in a comment here, Andrew, on air, is that it's not that your vision's not powerful. It is simply different. Yeah. And so my colleague, Alan Weiss, says, hey, I don't want to have any employees. I mean, he earns millions per year as a solo consultant. So, but he said, I don't want to build a Robert Kiyosaki quote-unquote business. He says, when I die, my business is gone. And I just want the listeners to hear this is that that's okay. Andrew, what you're doing is okay. So I'm I'm just supporting you on the fact that your vision is no less powerful than what Cactus Club was. It is just simply different. Absolutely. And, you know, with, with Alan Weiss, I'm, I'm with him. Having employees is, my, is the biggest stressor that I could ever experience. So I've built my business as best I can without having employees, and I'm not an Alan Weiss who is simply a genius at what he does either. But I have developed just a, a really remarkable system for for people who are self-employed or any like anybody who's running a business, and in 
basically gets paid uh, based on their own performance and their and you know the, the um, you know the eat what you kill kind of person. Um, so many of those people are splashing around the shallow end and can't seem to get anywhere. And so what I did is look at what's what's the challenge. And you know what it is. Um, it's gonna it's gonna sound funny when I say this, Ken, but I designed this this system uh, back in uh, uh, back in 2000 with Harv, and it wasn't until about two years ago that I actually realized why it worked. Okay. So I am curious. The listeners okay. are curious. Okay. Well, here's what I figured out two years ago about why this thing has been so successful all these years. If you want to perform at a higher level. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you're a business person, if you're um, you know, trying to lose some weight, if you're a student, um, if you're in the military, you're a pilot, doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want to perform at a, a higher level, there's one very simple solution that will absolutely achieve that. You know what it is? I don't know what it is. Add structure. So think about you know, some people can relate to maybe have their kids playing playing soccer. Right? When when they're four or five years old, and you you watch the, watch the game from the sidelines, all you see is this huddle of kids. You can't even see the ball, right? The ki- the kids are all around it trying to kick the ball, and the th- the huddle is moving up and down the field, and that's soccer to them. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, you know, as they get a year or two older and they get into a league, then they get positions and they start to count goals, and they know which side they're on, and um, you know, they've added some structure. And then you go a little beyond that, and now the coach says, well, we want to perform at a little higher level. We're, you know, we're eight or nine years old. We're going to have some practices. You're going to, everybody's going to have a particular position, and we're going to do some drills. And then a little, little later on, they're going to do boot camps, and you know, they're going to have weekend training sessions and stuff like that. And then they're going to start to do, they're going to have physical exercise, they're going to do exercises and workouts just for developing themselves. And they're going to um, you know, have an eating regime over time. By the time they become a professional soccer player, they've got structure in every area of their life. They know how many hours they're going to sleep, what time, when they're going to go to the gym, how much weight they're going to lift, they're tracking their calories, everything. Oh, how but Andrew, play. that's so much darn work, man. The burden but, but of that, structure. That, yes, but, but yes, this is the thing, is that Everybody who is, all, all, of the, all of your listeners who had a job at J-O-B at some point in the time, and they went, I want to start my own business. I want to do my own thing. Even if they went into a, a commission situation, they wanted to be able to be responsible for their own results. And you know, they, they went into that, that game, and the, reason, the primary reason that motivated them, number one, I want to get away from any form of structure. I don't want anybody telling me what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Mm-hmm. And number two, I believe in myself. I believe that I, I can perform better than these idiots who are all around me. Right? So, but, but what people don't realize is that you don't have to be structured like a professional athlete to perform better in your business. If you, and this has been the really big success of our, our ProCoach Success System program has been... Has been we add enough structure that people typically will double or triple their performance in their business. And at the same time, it's still flexible enough that, that these people who are structure-phobic and started their own businesses, 
they don't feel like it's constraining them. So it's just having a little bit of structure, more structure, more performance. If you look at armed forces again, if you and I can, heaven knows at our age, we went to a boot camp and, and joined um, in the armed forces tomorrow, go to boot camp, we'd, we would perform better tomorrow than we did today, yes? We'd get more Absolutely. done, we'd work harder, and we'd be more tired at the end of the day, right? And then, and then um, so then you, go, you get into the armed forces, then you decide you want to be an officer, more structure. Then you want to say you want to be in the elite forces, um, you know, the, the Navy SEALs, or, or, or you know, the, whatever they happen to be, more structure. We don't, we don't need all that, but the higher level of structure, the higher the performance. That doesn't mean you should have no structure at all. Get over that piece of, I don't want anybody telling me what to do, add enough structure. So for, I'll give you the quick um, overview of our system. When people join our coaching program, we say, where do you want to be 10 years from now? It's just a vision. It's a, it's, we're not asking you to figure out every detail. We're just saying, what's, what's the sense of direction? It's like, there's a mountain in front of you. I want to be at the top. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. it, we, that, it's just a, a general thing. And then we say, okay, if 10 years from now you want to be there, what are, what are three essential core foundational pieces that need to be in place in the next three years? So... Uh, maybe for if you're starting a business, it's going to be okay. I'm going to have you know a couple of employees, and, and I'm going to um, you know have my, my business established. Second is I'm going to have my product refined, and maybe it's going to be um, um, you know, it's going to be licensed, or I'm going to I'm going to have the trademarks on it, or whatever. Um, you know, the third one is I'm going to have some investment money. Whatever, whatever the three pieces are that. They're essential for you to reach the tenure. If, if three years from now you don't have those core pieces, you're not going to get your tenure. This is all just now sort of setting things up. And then once you've got that bit of a foundation to stand on, and Ken, you'll remember this from Success Tracks, it hasn't changed. It's what works. Is every quarter we have our entrepreneurs make a really simple quarterly plan. It's just, what are my three most important priorities and projects to move ahead on this quarter that are going to move me to where where I want to get to? It's so simple. It only takes 15, 20 minutes to create the darn thing. But now, instead of looking at the way down the road and trying to figure out what I need to do, there's a little bit of tension between now and the end of the next three months. Here's what I want to get accomplished. And that gives, again, it's, it's, it's just a goal it's not an action plan, but it now gives us focus. And then for an action plan, and this is where most I'm just going to – sorry to interrupt. You just said a word that is so important for people, period. And by the way, I support you 100% around this structure idea, even though I probably don't like it as much as others. Marshall Goldsmith, of course, I have uh, mentored under at different times and – and uh, referenced his book, Triggers. In, in my last book, The Quest for Purpose, the last chapter says this, nothing happens about structure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what are the odds of that? But this word that you just used, Andrew, focus. You know, as an individual, and especially today, I mean, we didn't have it 30 years ago. There are so many shiny objects. There are so many things that you take you off your direction this whole idea of structure. Now, I want to come back up to one and make one statement about what you said there is as entrepreneurs, we get to decide what that structure is that works for us. Absolutely. 
And, and the, that's the freedom, because it said, okay, I want this, this is where I want to go, so I'm not being self-contained by some kind of corporate uh, edict. The corporate edict or the individual edict, that comes to me. Now, the other side is, this system, Andrew, works for any kind of personal goals for people listening here. If they're thinking about health and wellness, if they're thinking about relationships, if they're thinking about expanding their learning and their capabilities, all of this links into can anything. be applied at any part of my life, right? And absolutely anything. You know, with with the structure, you mentioned the word freedom, and that's the key: is that without structure, there's actually no freedom. It seems like there's freedom, but you're you're wandering around in this. I mean, imagine if you think think of all the cars. Okay, so. Uh, the highway system and all of the rules and regulations, the dots on the, 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 on the center line, all those things, those are structure, traffic lights. Imagine how much chaos there would be and how ineffective it would be if people just drove around you know, wherever they wanted to. It, there, there's no structure. The, the structure is what allows us the freedom to go you know, 70 miles an hour down the freeway and not have to worry about that truck that's coming towards us that's going to pass us only 8 or 10 feet away at a closing speed of 120 miles an hour. But we don't worry about it because we have the, the, the freedom of the structure. Mm. So structure gives freedom. So, so that's where we want to... But we, won't, we don't want too much, right? So that's why I say just three priorities for the quarter, three projects to move ahead, and some you know, specific actions that you're going to take. I say identify your priority, so... Um, one of, one of my priorities this quarter is to, is to add some new members to our coaching program. So that's my priority. Three actions I'm going to take that are related to that. We've got a couple of events coming up and so on. So there's, there, um, it doesn't have to be onerous. But if you look at it, every successful entrepreneurial corporation in the world, Google, Dell Computers, Microsoft, all of those organizations, the bigger ones, and the most successful ones, even what a company that started here in Vancouver uh, you know, as a small company, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, now I think is worldwide, but they all have the same thing. Every quarter, the, the executives go off uh, away for a day or two for a retreat, and they bring completion to the last quarter, learn what, look at the results, learn the lessons that are to be learned of it, and then they make a plan for the next quarter. Microsoft, you know, they, they used to go for away with, for a week when Bill Gates was at, at the helm every quarter. Why do they do that? Because that, that structure of having a focus and getting everybody on the same page, pointing in the same direction, is crucial to success. If it works for them, why the heck wouldn't it work for us as self-employed, self-managing people who want to be able to do our own thing our own way? Mm. So, so, the, so that's the, the a quarterly plan. It's essential in our... You, our structure is really simple. Like I said, it's, it's not. There, there's there's a number of pieces in it, all of which move you ahead and make sure you're you're progressing. But it's not rocket science. And then the the PS to the resistance for me is that once you've got that quarterly plan, the biggest issue for everybody who's self-managing, self-employed, is man, you know, being focused and productive with your time. So we ask our members to make a weekly plan. Very, very simple one again. But what are your priorities for the week? And th now we're breaking it down into very specific actions you're going to take. So that, whereas the, the quarterly plan has, you know, I'm going to get sales of so many dollars and bring so many new members into our program or, or 
you know, hire a new person or whatever it is. Now we're talking about what actions am I going to take this week to move towards my quarterly plan. And it's very, very specific in the actions. And it's designed in such a way that uh, well, our program is designed in such a way that when you uh, complete this weekly plan, which again takes 10, 15 minutes, and very specific actions you're going to take in the week, it also it, um, leverages seven acceleration principles, which will move your, your, your business ahead. And uh, I don't know if you remember the seven success accelerators, Ken, but... Uh, well, uh, we're with our uh, listeners who haven't heard them. <clears throat> are you willing to share those with us today? Absolutely. So, like I said, these are all built into the system, but what I've discovered is there are seven very specific principles that if you apply any one of these to your business, you'll move ahead faster. And, you know, I think I haven't really thought this through, but probably, you know, it'd be with, with health and other areas as well in some degree, way, shape, or form, but certainly with a the business. There's, these are what I call the seven success accelerators. Like I said, any one of them will move you ahead faster. If you do all seven of them at once, it's exponential. So the first one, again, as we just talked about for the weekly, it's to prioritize your actions and the quarterly. Just to, to, to look at the big picture and identify the key, key things because it's like, well, up here in, in Canada, we get snow once in a while. And if you take a sn- uh, snow shovel and you start pushing it and the snow shovel is too wide, Ken, what happens? Yeah, push it. Right, it bogs down, right? The same is true in our life. We've got so much going on what are those key things that are going to be the 20 percenters that are going to move you ahead? So you prioritize and identify the 20 percent, uh, you know, apply the 80-20 rule to everything and uh, apply and focus on only those, those 20 percent. So that's prioritizing your actions. Second one, and this is one I actually learned when I was uh, uh, flying across the Rocky Mountains with my hang glider, is that, you know, I, get, I got trapped in between two mountains and... Um, there was only one thing I was circling. I thought it was going to crash in the rocks. Nobody knew where I was. It was, it was life and death, really, for maybe 10 minutes. There was no lift. And I just kept circling, circling, circling. And every moment, I made, kept my focus exactly on that moment, 100% focus, not a, not a thought of, hey, you know, isn't it going to be exciting to tell everybody when I fly across the Rockies or whatever. It was life and death. So... Focus on the next step. Whatever is the next step, that's the only thing you need to look at. And you have your vision of where you're going, but if you're going up the mountain and you, you, you get, get to the river and the, the bridge is out, just what's the next step? You've got to figure out how we're going to get across this thing. Forget about the top of the mountain. So focus on the next step. That's, that will move you ahead faster and keep you in action. Okay. Third, third one, um, really crucial you have to get out of your, or your comfort zone. I call it expand your comfort zone. You know, as human beings, our comfort zone is just, it's the dearth of, it is, it's, it'll make you ordinary. And one thing I'm sure that nobody on this call wants to be is ordinary. ordinary how, do I, how do I get out of it? And do I even, are we even conscious about what those comfort zones are? Do we sort of protect them, in denial about them? What's your experience coaching people around this item? It's so important. Well, the, the people that are attracted to work with me all have a vision for their business for sure. They all know there's things they need to be doing that they're not doing. And there's a whole conversation about why they're not doing them. But nine times out of ten, it's because there's some sort of fear or discomfort or resistance to doing it. So that's because it's outside your comfort zone. But what I'll tell you is that everything you have today, Ken, is inside your current comfort zone. And everything that you want that you don't have, 
It's outside your comfort zone. If you want, <laughs> isn't that the re- reality? And, and you know what? You can sit sit in the box. I, I draw it as a box on a flip chart, where you can say, "Here we are in the box with the things we've got now." If you want those things that are outside the box, you know, you're going to wait a long time for them to come to you. They're probably not going to happen. You have to expand that box to include them. You have to step out and go and get them. So, I think that all of us can identify if we're honest with ourselves in areas where we're not stepping into out of our comfort zone and and into the fear whether it's to speak to our in in a relationship for heaven's sake if you're going to have a really great marriage you have to get out of your comfort zone and and share parts of yourself and speak up if you're going to get customers you have to ask people for the order if you're going to hire have to build a business you're going to have to you know take a risk with some money you're going to have to hire some people even though it's scary and you're not sure what to do. So these are all outside the comfort zone. So that's, what, that's the third accelerator. Okay. Fourth one, very crucial one, Ken, you're totally committed to this, is that developing yourself, learning and, and developing yourself, you are, you are the only asset you have in a way. The one thing I really feel great about with all the personal development I've done is that somebody could come in they could, you could, you know, kidnap me and, and drop me in Kenya tomorrow with no clothes and, and no money, and I'd be fine because I, I'm resilient. I've, I understand myself. I, you know, not that I'm Superman, but the, the development I've had and, and all the things I've gone through has allowed me to be the, the, a person that can achieve things. And that's the one thing that... that I won't say nobody can take it away from you because there's all sorts of psychological techniques, but primarily it, it, it's the one thing that nobody can take away. People can take your money, your house, your family, all that stuff. They can't take away who you are. So learn and grow. Do personal development courses, you know, biggest one of all, Landmark Education. Um, not my favorite, but definitely great, great programs, and they're all around the world. Um, anything of course, the ERG certification, Andrew. The CRG certification, <laughs> I was just about to say that, <laughs> right? So anyway, so, so um, yeah, fourth accelerator is just to, to become a learner. And that's reading and, and studying as well. Number, uh, number five accelerator, uh, it's a little different than, a, than get out of your comfort zone. You'll remember this one Har- from Harv Ecker. Harv Ecker said, if you see if you can finish this uh, statement, when you do what's hard, Ken. Sorry, I can't finish it right now. Life becomes easy. When you do what's hard, life becomes easy. And the flip side is, when you do what's easy, life very quickly becomes hard. For example, in your relationship, if you're not going to speak up and not going to communicate honestly, you're going to have a relationship that chances are it's not going to last. If, you're, if you have a commitment and, and a desire to be healthy and you, go to, the, you know, go to the restaurant and the server says, would you like the fries or salad with that? Can nobody else gives a damn. But when you do what's hard, I mean, everybody gravitates towards the fries, right? And most people. But do what's hard. Yeah, and I remember it now, Andrew. Sorry if my recall wasn't 100% no, okay. perfect. But, uh, you know, important point, working out, fitness, relationships, um, picking up the phone and calling a potential joint venture partner, all these things. All these things. Listen, yeah, and that's a comfort zone and it's a doing what's hard but this morning okay i woke up at quarter six this morning do you think i felt like getting out of bed and going to the gym no way but i am committed 
to keeping my energy high. And, you know, in my 60s now, um, you know, that requires some effort. So I was at the gym at 6 o'clock this morning. So it, it, doing what's hard, and there's so many examples of it. And the thing about doing what's hard is that um, it's a moment-by-moment thing. Right? You don't have to sit back and say, what's, you know, what am I going to do that's hard? It's, a mo- it's, it's when somebody gives you an opportunity to uh, not pay, you know, I don't know, we could have a contractor and they could say, well, you know, you don't have to pay me the tax. Just pay me cash. And it's a moment-by-moment decision. Or am I going to you know, save a few bucks or am I going to be true to myself? Mm. So that's the doing what's hard part. Okay, um, six accelerator because I know you've got a, a, a time where <laughs> a long interview here. But the um, um, the six accelerator is called cleanups, completions, and deletions. And what most people don't realize is that our lives are filled with clutter of unfinished projects of of things around and. All of those things that we've been meaning to do and haven't done, all the things that we're tripping over, every one of them sucks our energy. Mm, agreed. I, I, and I, I draw it on the flip chart as a, like a circle that's, you know, three-quarters of a circle and a quarter of it open. And I say, you know, with that, the, that open part, that thing you started or had an intention to do and it's not finished, it's just all of the energy sucking in like a black hole into that opening. And until you complete that circle, it, you, you're going to you're going to be losing energy. So everything that you're doing that's not complete sucks your energy. Every mess you have, like the, your car needs vacuuming or, or your, um, you know, your closet's a mess, that stuff sucks energy from you. So get on it, and it, you know, it, it's part of the habit of um, just cleaning things up as you go, and it'll energize you. You know, it's interesting because this goes right back to number two where you're talking about focus, <clears throat> is these thundery items that are around you. <clears throat> I actually wrote an article about how clutter destroys us, right, and drains it out. But I want everybody to listen to what Andrew just said, <clears throat> is that these incomplete items that are hanging out there, known or unknown, are sucking energy from you. I appreciate that uh, description there, Andrew. So. Uh, if we know it or not, acknowledge it or not, it is draining us. And so a very, very important point. And, and number I'm, seven, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, number seven is to celebrate progress. So, you know, especially those of us that are, us that are self-employed or growing and wanting to get ahead, we're so busy you know, working our tails off, we forget to stand <clears> up and look at see how and see how far we've gone. And so um, it's like a relentless, you know, it's like you're rowing across the ocean and there's no land in sight in any direction. After a while, you just get tired if you, have, if you can't see how far you're going. So you need to look at some milestones and notice what's happened. So one of the things we have our clients do every single week as part of their weekly plan, before they plan their next week, list the successes that you've had this week. And it gives you a sense of momentum and a sense of, yeah, things are actually happening, and it fills you up, it energizes you, and it gives you a feeling of being a winner instead of somebody that's going nowhere. So on that ocean, you could be rowing and, and you know, making good headway, but if you can't see it, if you don't stop and notice it and, and, and measure it, you, 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 it diminishes your energy. So again, another, uh, you know, another key piece is just celebrate your progress. Look at how far you've come and pat yourself on the back for that and for, you know, Forgive yourself for whatever didn't work, but focus on what did work. Mm. You know, it's so important. We get so busy just doing. And I know that I've been guilty of this, Andrew, because 
some of us have some big visions, right? Yeah. And so all we look at is what we didn't get. And I recall somebody coming up to me and says, uh, Ken, boy, you sure done a lot with CRG. And my first response was, really? Yeah. Yet we had redone 4 million words of content in 13 years and written three books. And somebody said, well, isn't that something? Oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, no. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we can be the hardest on us about what we didn't make or didn't totally. achieve. Totally. And they, these are, these, that, all of these accelerators, um, every single one of them, if you, if you leave them out, it, it slows you down a bit. And as I said, any one of them, including just celebrating your progress, will move you forward faster. And if you move, apply all seven of these in your life um, at the same time, which is, you know, again, they're built into our system, so you don't even know you're doing them. But as you're filling out our simple workbooks, they're all built in. And then you get an exponential boost. It's amazing. Awesome. Now, Andrew, we have just a few minutes left in the show, and we want to uh, try, uh, you know, put a bow in this whole thing. But I want to make sure that people um, know about you and where they can find out about you, and if they want to, you know, engage your services or at least chat to you about it, how might they uh, find out about you and, and the details that you, um, you know, the details on your offering. Okay, well, I'll just very quickly, I have three target clients just to make things really interesting. I have our coaching program, which provides structure for self-employed people, anybody who's self-managing or wants to move ahead consistently and is not managing their own time very well um, or knows they could perform at a higher level. Uh, that program is available globally, so um, uh, people could just contact us. And my contact information, it's, it's Pro Coach System. My company is ProCoach, P-R-O-C-O-A-C-H. ProCoachSystem.com is how they, how they can find us. Um, so that's, that's one program. The second thing I do, I work with these highly motivated entrepreneurs who are in that situation where they're, you know, they have a big vision and they, want, they haven't been there before. They want somebody to support them and, and work with them and help them along the way. And the third thing I do, we haven't talked about it all, but I've been trained in a really remarkable process for removing emotional charges. Um, anybody who's being limited by a trauma, um, I can remove traumas, and we can. Uh, this can all be done on Skype. Um, uh, any trauma that's blocking people, we can eliminate that. Any any fears, any self doubt, all of those things. It's it's very different than NLP, and in, uh, for those that know NLP, I find it is much more effective, and it's, it's the most fun thing I get to do, because when you remove those blocks, you get empowered. So I'm in Vancouver, Canada, but with today's technology, it doesn't really matter where you are. Absolutely. And, you know, I can vouch for you, Andrew, as far as knowing you for so many years that you live your values, you engage it, and you do make a difference with individuals. We call <clears throat> that last area that you address, we call that emotional anchors in our holistic yes. development model. And uh, some of us have stuff known and even unknown to us that are hindering our uh, future and the possibilities there. So it's always good to have some um, assistance in it. Andrew, if you were to leave sort of a final comment or encouragement to your, our listeners, what would that be today? Well, oh boy, you're really putting me on the spot. Well, I know you're up to it. Well, well you know, here's what I, I don't I don't care how much how many how big your dreams are or plans are, um, um, what you want, any of that. I can tell you this: the single only thing that will move you forward 
it's taking action. And so it doesn't, every single moment, when I wake up this morning and I, I go, okay, I'm, I'm lying here in bed, I don't feel like going to the gym, there's only one thing to do. Now, uh, um, and again, Harvecker had a great thing. He, he said, just say to your mind, thank you for sharing if it's not, it doesn't want to get up. And mm-hmm. or I, just, I just shut my mind off completely and I stand up. And once I'm standing up, I'm halfway to the gym as far as I'm concerned, because now I'm, I'm vertical and I'm out of bed. So just take action without thinking even. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're thinking, for example, you know, you want to contact me and find out more about what we do, it, do it right now, for heaven's sake. If you're thinking that you want to get some more sales, thinking, planning, preparing, none of that does anything until you pick up the, the phone and take action. So take action is the key to success. Not only does it move you ahead, but it transforms you because you're a different person. You get, you get real-time feedback instead of planning. Okay. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. It's been fun. Thanks, Ken. It's been a long time since I've uh, been around you, and it's, it's just a pleasure to talk to you. Okay. Well, you know, everybody, it, um, is, you know, reach out to Andrew if this is something that you interests you. Uh, you know, again, we have CRG resources that contribute to some clarity, some focus, some self-understanding, some development, whatever it is. <clears throat> you know, as we mentioned each week, thank you for spending your time with us. If you like what we're doing, if you found value in this, please share, forward, wherever it is, tell others about the Secrets of Success podcast so that we can make a difference out there and help you and others to realize their potential. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.